Sound of Football with your host, Colin Summer, brought to you by WHIP. What's up, everybody? It's Down to Football back with another episode. That season has come to an end. We are making our way into playoffs. A great season, truly a great season. Maybe a couple postseason surprises, a couple of playoff droughts ended. A great season for fantasy football. We got our pro bowlers in. We got some snubs, unfortunately. We'll get all into it. I just want to say thank you for all the support. I appreciate it. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast as much as I do. I love doing it for you guys. I love. I just love football in general. So let's just get right into it. Thanks, guys. So, you know, we're going to do our usual recap. So the first game I want to talk about, we got the Seahawks 49ers game. Seahawks 26, 49ers 23. It was a fairly slow game, but the win from the Seahawks gives them the third seed. A lot had to happen in order for them to get the second seed, even the one seed. None of which happened because the Packers won their game, so they locked up the number one seed, and the Saints got the number two seed. But let's talk about this game. So Russell Wilson, 20 for 36 with 181 yards and two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett secured 12 catches and 90 yards and two touchdowns. This, the 12 catches in this game put him at 100 or over 100 on the season, so good for him. The, no one else had a really crazy stat line. I wouldn't even say Tyler Lockett's stat line was all that crazy. They didn't rush for many yards either. I'm pretty sure Chris Carson had like 11 carries for 44 yards, and that led the team. The defense had one fumble recovery. They also had three sacks. Again, not a huge game. I just wanted to talk about it just you know, to show where the Seahawks end up landing in the seeding. The 49ers, big Super Bowl hangover. It, very, very unfortunate for them. I think that there were a couple of bright spots this year. I think that injuries, obviously, was what totaled them this year. But specifically for this game, we had C.J. Beathard, the third-string quarterback behind Garoppolo and Nick Mullins, went 25 for 37 with 273 yards and the touchdown, no picks. Jeff Wilson Jr., who broke out last week, he, only, he had 20 carries for only 76 yards, but he did add a touchdown. And he also added three catches for 12 yards and a touchdown. Kittle, in his, I forget what his stat line was last game, but he has a season with seven catches and 68 yards in this game. An unfortunate year for George Kittle, dealt with a lot of injuries. I'm sure a lot of people will be excited to see him back next year. A lot of people refer to him as the people's tight end. It's kind of a new era of Gronk, in my opinion. Hopefully he can stay healthy, though. The 49ers missed postseason. Not really shocked there. It was kind of known. The defense had two sacks and no turnovers. Again, kind of a slow game. There's other games that I wanted to put over this, but they would conflict with my outstanding performers. So, it is what it is. We got the Bills and Dolphins. Bills 56, Dolphins 26. Josh Allen, 18 for 25 with 224 yards, three touchdowns, and he did throw a pick. I'm pretty sure that pick was tipped off of a receiver's hands. I'm not entirely sure. He ended up getting pulled later in the game because they were absolutely walloping the Dolphins. Antonio Williams, he's the backup running back or the backup's backup. I'm not really sure, but they put him in because, like I said, Dolphins were already getting destroyed. No need to get anyone hurt. 12 carries for 63 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, I I understand they were trying to put backups in and uh, get this game over with, but he still did phenomenal. 
Isaiah McKenzie, he had quite the day. He had six catches for 65 yards, two touchdowns, and he also added an 84-yard punt return touchdown. Gabriel Davis probably had the most interesting stat line uh, for this game. He had two catches for 107 yards and a touchdown. Two catches for 107 yards. I believe one catch was a 56-yarder, and I believe the other one was a 51-yarder. The 56-yarder was the touchdown. But two catches for over 100 yards. Pretty crazy. The defense had a sack. They also added three interceptions as well as a fumble recovery. On the opposite side, Tua, he is not looking that great this year. In my opinion, I think that they make the playoffs if they leave Brian Fitzpatrick in. But they wanted to see what Tua can do. And he's shown some flashes. But in my opinion, he hasn't had the strongest showcase this year. He went 35 for 58 with 361 yards, a touchdown, and he did third three picks. Salvan Ahmed, he had six carries for 29 yards, not much on the ground. Miles Gaston only had seven carries for 20 yards, but he did add a touchdown, as well as four catches for 57 yards. Devontae Parker, kind of an up and down year for him after a breakout, a really, really good breakout year last year. He had seven catches for 116 yards to end off the season. The defense totaled a sack, two interceptions. This game was an unfortunate ending for the Dolphins season. It didn't entirely end the Dolphins season. What ended the Dolphins season was the Colts winning against the Jags. The last game I got, we got Browns 24 to Steelers 22. Browns really needed this game to make the playoffs. It's kind of concerning for the Browns. It was as close as it was without Ben Roethlisberger playing. But Baker Mayfield went 17 for 27 with 196 yards, a touchdown. Nick Chubb, he had a 47-yard rushing touchdown at one point, but his stat line was 14 carries for 108 yards and a touchdown. Austin Hooper had four catches for 37 yards and a touchdown. He did not lead the team in catches nor yards, but he was the one who caught a touchdown. The defense had one sack and one pick, and with that win, the Browns overcame a very, very long playoff drought, I believe, since 2002. Mason Rudolph, in place of Ben Roethlisberger, didn't have a... I don't think he had that bad of a day. He went 22 for 39. That's just all right. But he had 315 yards as well as two touchdowns. He did throw a pick. The team only had 85 rushing yards total. So obviously they couldn't establish a run game. Chase Claypool finishing off the season strong. Great rookie outing. He had five catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. Juju had six catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. And Deontay Johnson had three catches for 96 yards. No touchdowns, and the defense didn't have any turnovers, but totaled four sacks. Along with the recap, I just want to talk about the playoff seeding. I'll get into my playoff picks later and uh, the matchups, but for now, I just want to talk about where certain teams landed in the seeding. So in the NFC, we got the Packers, who have the bye and secured the number one seed. The Saints have the number two seed. The Seahawks are number three. Washington, after, I'll get to it in a second, but the Eagles and Washington game was definitely interesting. But they win the division. They get the four seed with a 7-9 and nine record. The Bucks get the five seed. Rams sixth and Bears seventh. In the AFC, Chiefs, they locked up the number one seed last week. We got the Bills with the number two seed. Steelers, number three. Titans, four. Ravens, five. Browns, six. And Colts, seven. Again, Miami misses playoffs. I kind of wanted to see them in there. Unfortunate. They, they had a really, really great year. Oh, I think their future looks great. I think a lot of people would agree. So definitely, def- 10 and 6 kind of hurts not making the playoffs at 10 and 6. But I think Dolphins fans are very, very satisfied with what they saw this season. But let's talk about the Eagles for a sec. Like, what what happened in this game? 
Now, Doug Peterson said that at some point he would play Nate Sudfeld. Giants players, Giants fans are are ready to take off all Eagles fans, players, staff, coaches, Doug Peterson specifically. They are ready to take it to the streets and start scrapping. I, I mean, it's really hard to say whether the Eagles were tanking or not in that game or purposely trying to lose. Now, people saying putting Nate Sudfeld in, obviously they were trying to lose. Well, you could. Jalen Hurts wasn't really having a great day. Yeah, he had the two rushing touchdowns, but he was only 7 for 20 with 72 yards and a pick going into the fourth quarter. That's not good at all. And, and I've, I've kind of been saying this. I don't really think Jalen Hurts is a solution, but we're not talking about that. Giants players saying that the Eagles have no integrity for the game. And, uh, you know, I, I feel for the Giants. They did what they needed to do on Sunday. They won. They beat Dallas, you know, and all, all they needed to happen was the Eagles win. And it just looked like a really, really sketchy performance from the Eagles. You got a lot of uh, players taking it to Twitter, really, really upset with how the Eagles took this game. It's definitely a conflict of interest for a lot of people, but nothing can be done now. Washington secures the division again. They are the four seed. Moving on, we got our outstanding performers, and my oh my, did some players have a week. We got Derrick Henry. He had 34 carries for 250 yards and two touchdowns, and I will get to it in a sec, but he did not even have the most rushing yards on Sunday. But again, 34 carries, 250 yards, two touchdowns. He wins the back-to-back rushing titles, and with this massive game, he has a 2,000-yard season. Congratulations, Derrick Henry, Offensive Player of the Year, in my opinion. Second player, we got Jonathan Taylor. He had 30 carries for 253 yards and two touchdowns. Finishes three yards ahead of Derrick Henry on the day. This massive performance put him Atop the ranks of rookie running backs in terms of rushing yards, he finished the season with 1,169 rushing yards. He also had 12 total touchdowns. I believe behind him is James Robinson. James Robinson, undrafted, great story. Had a great year. Obviously missed his last couple games due to injury. Jonathan Taylor, one of the best college running backs there is, or there was. Got it done on Sunday. And our last guy, it was just a day for running backs. We have J.K. Dobbins, 13 carries for 160 yards and two touchdowns. He finishes the year third in rookie rushing yards with 805. That is only 200, 200, two more than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who had 803 yards. J.K. Dobbins also has nine total touchdowns, I believe, or yeah, also nine touchdowns, and it's pretty impressive considering he was doing this in a three running back committee with Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards, who were getting a lot of toasts throughout the season. But J.K. Dobbins really showed out when Ingram was hurt. Now, there's other players I could have picked for outstanding performers. There were other notable players. Marvin Jones had a great day. Brandon Cooks had a great day. Aaron Rodgers as well. But I believe these three guys were at the top of the ranks. We got two rookies on there and a little bit of a veteran. It was just a great day of football. A lot of great performances. Congratulations to those who made it. And next up, we got our yearly Pro Bowl snubs. Unfortunate for some players. First guy, Devin White. Now, uh, 
I'm a Saints fan. This guy's on the Bucks. Uh, it's he he went to LSU, and I personally like LSU. He there's no reason he shouldn't have made the Pro Bowl. I mean, this guy was phenomenal this year. Let's let's talk about his stats. 140 total tackles. Now you're like, okay, well that's a ton of tackles. Like, let alone maybe he should have made it on that. But he added nine sacks. Nine sacks to that. That's crazy. He also had a forced fumble and a fumble recovery, but we're not done there. He had 15 tackles for losses. He had 19 QB hits as well. He he pretty much was everywhere on the stat sheet. He had some absurd numbers, in my opinion. He was just all around extremely effective. Now, Fred Warner and Bobby Wagner, you can't really... If I'm not mistaken, but PFF has Bobby Widener as their best linebacker this year. I think they're both understandable picks. You know, they're both very, very great players. Both easily top three in the league, I'm sure a lot of people would say. But in my opinion, this is still a snub. This is a very, very young star in this league that 100% deserved it. Hopefully, he ends up making All-Pro in the end. Second, we got JC Jackson. Had a great year. Struggled. A little bit towards the end, but he had nine interceptions on the year. Those nine interceptions alone should have helped him into the Pro Bowl. He also had 40 tackles, not a lot. He had a 66, 66.2 rating allowed. It's kind of, it's a, it's a, it's average. He had a 58.4% completion percentage when he was targeted. It's all right. You know, this is the stat that probably was his downfall. He led up 616 yards and five touchdowns. But in the end, he was stepping in for Stephon Gilmore. And, you know, that's not exactly the easiest thing to do. He's the reigning defensive player of the year. Now, the players who got in were Zamian Howard, Stephon Gilmore, Marlon Humphrey, Trey White. They're all deserving of it. They're all your top-tier cornerbacks. Zamian Howard had 10-plus picks this year. He, he had a great year. Stephon Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore. Marlon Humphrey's Marlon Humphrey, and Trey White is Trey White. Um, it's unfortunate that people vote on names rather than stats. An actual performance, and that is very evident in the next person, Robert Tanyan. He had 52 catches on 59 targets. That's an 88% catch percentage. He had 11 touchdowns. Think about that: 52 catches and 11, 11, yeah, 11 of those catches were touchdowns. He was everything that the Packers needed. He was everything that Aaron Rodgers needed. It really curved out this offense. You know, you have Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, who are very, very premier players at their position, but they've struggled to find tight ends in recent years, and Tanya kind of just came out of nowhere, and he performed. So, good for him. Uh, TJ Hawkinson was one guy who did, who made it over him, and I think TJ Hawkinson 100% should have gotten in. You know, I'm sure Kittle would have been in there had he stayed healthy this entire year. But this is the question mark. Evan Engram? Evan Engram. The guy is a bum. I'm sorry, but he is not good. He had 63 catches for 654 yards. That's not bad, but he had one touchdown. One touchdown. One touchdown to Tanyan's 11 touchdowns. Are you kidding? He had a 57.8% catch percentage. That's not good. And he had nine drops, nine drops on the year, and five passes where he was targeted Ended up getting intercepted. I- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. People must not know tight ends very well. People must vote blindly. 
But Evan Ingram over Robert Tanyan, I'm sorry to Giants fans, but that is an absolute joke. It's an absolute joke. I 100% believe Robert Tanyan was a zillion percent better than Evan Ingram. I'm sure a lot of people would agree. Uh, I, you know, I'm sure there's Giants fans out there who are happy Evan Ingram made it, but if you truly believe that Evan Ingram should have made it over Robert Tanyan, that's, that's very questionable. Again, a little heated here. I just think it's ridiculous. Sometimes these Pro Bowls, whew, don't make any sense sometimes. But those are your Pro Bowl snubs. There were a lot more. You could say Bryce Callahan. He was one of the highest rated cornerbacks in Denver this year in the whole entire league. He had a phenomenal year. Uh, you had Trey Hedrickson from the Saints who finished uh, in top five in sacks, if I'm not mistaken. He had a great year as well. Always snubs every year because, unfortunately, there's not enough spots to, you know, take everyone. But of all the people I think that got snubbed, I think these three are 100% at the top of the list. Moving on. Yes, sir, we got our 2020 Fantasy Football Goats of the Year. will be in, in from standard PPR these are your guys who scored the most points at their position starting with quarterback we got Josh Allen your number one quarterback this year in fantasy football finished with 406.06 points second to him was Kyler Murray with 390.74 Josh Allen's stats on the year 4,544 passing yards with 37 touchdowns 10 picks he added 421 rushing yards and 8 rushing touchdowns, and he also had a 12-yard receiving touchdown, for those who don't know. It was a great year from Josh Allen, but he takes the throne for quarterback. For running back, and I love this so much, Alvin Kamara finishes with 377.8 points, and second to him is Dalvin Cook with 337.8 People might be shocked Derrick Henry's up there, but considering it's PPR and Derrick Henry doesn't always get a lot of catches, this is exactly why Dalvin Cook and Kamara are probably above him. Kamara probably got a little bit of a boost, most likely. Uh, not most likely, but mainly because of that six-touchdown performance. Oh, God, I love that. But he still did finish 40 points above Dalvin Cook, and I'm not so sure that... I don't think, even if he doesn't get the six touchdowns, I still think he finishes above Dalvin Cook. Doesn't matter. He had 932 rushing yards on the season with 16 rushing touchdowns. He had also added 83 catches for 756 yards and 5 receiving touchdowns, and he had no turnovers on the season. Essentially, if I'm doing the math right, he had nearly 1,700 yards, I believe 10 yards off. I think he ended with 1,690 and 21 touchdowns. Congratulations, Alvin Kamara. You take the throne. For fantasy running back this year. Wide receiver, we got Devontae Adams, totaling 358.40 points. Second to him, Tyreek Hill with 328.9 points. Devontae Adams, stats on the year, 115 catches for 1,374 yards and 18 touchdowns. A phenomenal year from Devontae Adams, touted as... Currently the best receiver in the league. You could say Tyreek Hill. You could say Stephon Diggs. I think it's got to be Devontae Adams primarily because not only does he have these massive games, but he gets so many touchdowns. 
Tyreek Hill, he finished with a lot of touchdowns as well. But Devontae Adams takes the throne for wide receiver. Congratulations. Tight end, this one was a no-doubter. Nothing against Darren Waller. He had a great year. He finishes with 278.6 points in second. But Travis Kelsey with 312.76 points. What a year from him. He had 105 catches, 1,416 yards, and 11 touchdowns. He broke the tight end receiving record for a single season. Uh, Fantastic season from Travis Kelsey. I'm excited to see George Kittle come back, though. Because I think that provides both of them with extra motivation, knowing that, you know, and you can even include Darren Waller in there. Those are the top three tight ends in the league. Uh, It was a great year from all of them. Well, maybe not Kittle because he was hurt, but I'm excited to see what they put up next year. I think it's going to be a crazy year for tight ends, or at least I hope it's been a kind of a, there's been kind of a drought at that position for a while. You know, you have your mainstay guys, but there's hasn't really been anyone else popping up recently. Congratulations, Travis Kelsey. You take the throne for 2020 fantasy football tight end. For kicker, what a race. Young Hui Koo comes in second. He was leading for most of the second half of the year. He had 168 points on the season, but Jason Sanders takes over number one with 172 points. Now, it's definitely weird giving stats for kickers in terms of fantasy football, but... He had one 0-19-yard field goal. He had eight 20-29-yard field goals. He had seven 30-39-yard field goals. He had 12 40-49-yard field goals. And he also had eight 50-plus-yard field goals along with 36 made PATs. Great year from Jason Sanders. A great year from Young Wei Koo. Uh, you know, I'm really, really happy with how Young Wei Koo did this year considering, you know, a year ago he didn't think he was going to have a job. He's bounced around. He's been cut. Congrats to him for having a great year. Even not for fantasy, just regular football. Congrats. But Jason Sanders is a 2020 champ for kicking in fantasy football. And last, we got our defense. LA Rams overtake Pittsburgh in the final weeks with 151 points. Second is Pittsburgh with 148 points. Stats on the year for the Rams 278 points allowed. It's not bad at all. 53 sacks, 14 interceptions, 8 fumble recoveries, 4 defensive touchdowns, a safety, and a blocked kick. They were everywhere on the on the stat board. The Rams defense was putting up points this year. They're a very scary defense going into the playoffs, but we're not talking about real football. We're talking about fantasy football. So congrats to the LA Rams for taking the throne at defense and Pittsburgh coming in a close second by 3 points. Last but not least, we got playoffs coming up. We got playoffs. Let's go. Come on. It's going to be a great year of playoffs. Also, I want to just say this. I haven't gotten a chance to say yet, but happy 2021 to everyone. 2020 was a very, very difficult year for a lot of people. And I think that for myself, I had a lot of time to self-reflect on a lot of the things that I wanted to do, a lot of the things I wanted to accomplish, and I'm feeling extra motivated this year. And I'm hoping to shed some extra motivation on my listeners out there. I hope health is wealth in 2021. I hope you guys, you know, stay safe. Have a good time with your family. Do well in school. Do well with your job. Anything. I hope you have a good 2021. But let's get to 2021 NFL playoffs. Let's go. (laughs) 
AFC first game. We got Steelers versus Browns. My pick for this game. I am going to take the Steelers 26, Browns 23. I do think it's going to be very, very close, but I think that what happens is it's going to be close all game. The Browns are going to drive. Steelers have a cr- just a, a massive stop on defense. And I think that they run a two-minute drill and kick a field goal to win the game. I'm taking, like I said, Steelers 26, Browns 23. We got a rematch in the AFC. We got Titans, Ravens. Last year, Earl Thomas got violated by uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, a lot of people have been violated by Derrick Henry. But like, I'm going to take, and I think that the Ravens might be a little, they're, they're kind of an underdog this year. But, and they're a very good team. But in the end, I'm taking Titans 31 Ravens 27. I fully expect Derrick Henry to go off as he usually does. He's a different breed towards the end of the year and in playoffs. Again, Titans secure the win 31-27. Then we got the Bills-Colts final game in the AFC because Chiefs are all on bye. I think this is going to be a really good game. I think that the Colts might pull off an upset. I think the Colts are such an underrated team. Jonathan Taylor is breaking out at the right time. Phillip Rivers has had a very, very underlooked season. But... I don't think anyone is going to stop Josh Allen in this game. Josh Allen has been a different breed all year. I think the Bills win this game 35-29. to In the NFC, we have the Bucks versus Washington. A very just boring game. It, I, like, you know, it'd be crazy to see an upset. I'd be astonished. But not that it's a blowout, but I, I'm taking the Bucks 33, Washington 20. I don't think anyone truly expects Washington to win this game. Again, Bucks 33, Washington 20. Rams, Seahawks. I think this might be my favorite game in the, outside of the Titans-Ravens game. I think this might be my favorite game to watch. This is their third time facing off. I had the same experience with the Saints a couple years ago when they faced the Panthers in the playoffs. I think that this is going to be a really, really interesting game. And I think a lot of it depends on if Jared Goff is back. But I think that if Jared Goff is back, the Seahawks get stopped I don't think they win this game I'm going to take the Rams 27 to Seahawks 23 and last but not least we got the Saints versus Bears had to say the best for last I'm 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 gonna take the Saints 28 to 21 I'm a Saints fan I'm obviously gonna choose them to win it's very possible that the Bears win this game this a lot of it depends on a lot of the players health as Michael Thomas is healthy Deontay Harris Alvin Kamara what's going on with their situations I, I, like I said, I'm going to take the Saints to win, but you know, if it, you know, there comes a time if the Steelers, not the Steelers, but if like the Packers or the Rams or some, a good team faces the Saints, I might pick the Saints to lose. Maybe it's a little bit of reverse psychology. Who knows? But for this game, I'm taking the Saints 28 to 21, and that concludes this episode. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I really like doing it. I think there is a lot of interesting stuff to talk about. Man, this playoff run, this playoff, now that another little, here's some news as well. It's expected that Drew Brees is is going to retire after this year, and my heart shattered when I saw that. He's got that sports broadcasting deal with NBC. Obviously, he's not going to turn that down unless they extend him for another year and just take away the, or just push it back two years or a year or whatever. I really, really do hope that the Saints make a playoff run. It would be tragic to see Breeze end his career with only one ring. I mean, he's one of the greatest of all time, and it's been a pleasure watching him play. But let's not get sappy here. 
that's the end of the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed. I hope you guys enjoy this upcoming week of NFL playoffs. It's going to be great wildcard weekend. Always some. I know something crazy is going to happen. I just don't know what it is yet. Again, have a good day. Have a good week. Have a good month. Have a good year. 2020 is a new beginning. Hopefully things get better. And I hope you guys keep listening and enjoying. I just got one last question. Are you down to football?